Are you an investigative professional? Did you know? Hey, did you hear? Investigators Toolbox 2.0 is launching. You won't believe the upgrades that have been uploaded. There's a new user interface and the new PI advisory board is launching soon. Today is the day to join investigators-toolbox.com. That's investigators-toolbox.com. Get yourself set up for the new year right. This is the premier online resource community for investigative professionals. Use code GOODBYE22 and receive 50 bucks off the membership fee. That's a savings of 25%. Do not delay in checking out this site. Just Google Investigators Toolbox or look for a link in the description of this episode. Welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Matt's taking a little break this week, getting ready for the holidays, but we wanted to bring you back a great episode with Cynthia Hetherington. Cynthia and her team provide first-class training for open-source investigations, and several of her courses can be found for free on Investigator's Toolbox. Please welcome Cynthia Hetherington and your host, Private Investigator Matt Spare. And welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Today, we're going OG New Jersey. Uh, a couple of New Jerseyans getting on here and, and talking OSINT. I'm really, really honored, and I'm, I'm just so happy to have Cynthia Hetherington back on the program. Cynthia, how are you? Matt, it's great to be here. I'm glad to be back on. And I guess, yeah, now I am one of the OGs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. New Jerseyans, I don't know. I, I think that's proper English. I don't know. <laughs> it is today. Um, so, wow, I was trying to figure out the other day, like how long you and I have actually known each other. And uh, I, I want to say 2005, but it may be earlier, maybe like 2003, maybe. Matt, you know what? I could kind of remember some of the first days we, we met at either Long Island or one of the other New York ACFE conferences, but um, it's been a minute and yeah. it could have even gone back even earlier. It might've been 2001. Maybe. Yeah. That's kind of when I started sniffing around and getting into this stuff. Um, I had a lot less gray hair and, um, and more hair. <laughs> Let's just say you and I looked a little different when, when, when we met. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So uh, the HG Group, Hetherington Group, um, you have uh, really carved a name for yourself in this industry. So tell me about the business, what you do and what you've been up to. It's been an exciting past couple of years. I mean, once we step away from the tragedy and the craziness of what a pandemic will do to anybody, a small business owner, as well as an investigator in this space, um, after 25 years of operating as a, as a private eye, I still feel that entrepreneurial spirit. So I did what I always do when something kind of wrecks our market or decides to cause great disruption. I pivoted and I got very involved in doing open source intelligence investigations for security work, for keeping people in their home safe because everyone was working from home. Right. We took the time to kind of grow our products and our offerings and our services um, and we just restructured, you know, we do what a lot of business owners, not even private eyes, but a lot of business owners took a step back and said, what do I really want to be doing every day? Right. So in a way, a blessing, I took that time. I've grown my company by 40%. We moved our offices. I added a puppy. Half my staff got married. I mean, we, we've been busy, you know, and it's been good, but boy, what a whirlwind. And no, I do not look like I did 10, <laughs> 10 or even 10 minutes ago. Exactly. <laughs> It's life, man. It, it, it's good. And it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to see, you know, knowing you back then and what you were doing and, and you're like, wow, you know, <clears throat> she's all over it. What a great trainer all into it. And just seeing you kind of grow into, um, 
you know, redesigning who you are, redefining uh, as an entrepreneur. That's something like, you know, we're, we're kindred spirits here because we're always trying to do things and, and uh, you know, push and, and push our industry, right? Push the envelope on the things that we can do in our industry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. There are amazing investigators of all walks of life out there that come with different types of specialties. You know, there's homicide detectives and legal investigators and specialists in criminal defense. And, you know, then there's the all-consuming ones, you know, they kind of do everything. And I'm definitely not that girl. But when you think of yourself more as a business person before you think of yourself as an investigator, you can take your same batch of five services and keep reinventing and growing your company to the point that you want to. I mean, there's also a point where you take a step back and you say, you know, I'm doing good here. Let me not push the envelope too far. Right. Yeah. Now that's, that's important to be able to identify uh, what you're good at, stick to it. I mean, I, I think when I started my business, that was something I identified very early on. Like this is the type of work I enjoy doing. Um, I'm going to stick to that. And, you know, for the longest time I, I, I turned away work that wasn't mine. Ah, go, go find somebody else. Go, go call somebody else. Then I got smart <laughs> and started yeah. making friends with other people that do things I don't do. And now it's like you connect the dots and maybe you get a little little taste of the action too, right? Sure. Well, there's certainly that, but it's also credibility and it's network building. Um, it's bridge making. Um, <clears throat> my company, we don't actually do criminal defense work. We don't do surveillance. Right. If I had to do an interview, I've got, you know, I got a guy. You see, yeah. we might not use the OGs, but we all got a guy in Jersey. You know, mm-hmm. I got a guy that can help you and, and right. you know, cross the Hudson here from you. Anytime something comes up in Manhattan or New York, I'm like, well, you got to talk to my buddy, Matt. Right. So that's, that's absolutely, it creates that network, that bond that is very important. And I even hear amongst our own network, someone I mentioned the other day, we were talking about um, French speaking investigators and immediately comes to mind is Emmanuel Welch, you know, and I said, oh my gosh, she has all this breadth of knowledge and experience. And the person I told it to didn't connect the dots there himself. And he's like, Oh yeah, I met Emmanuel at a at a, a conference function, and you know she stood out and she made an impression. So it was easy, and all I had to do was just say the name, and immediately had a resource close at hand. Yeah, and it's like I mean, you probably get the the same thing that I get all the time. That I'm going to call Matt. Well, I know he doesn't do that kind of work, but I'm going to call him because that guy knows everyone. everyone. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so you know, it's a side effect of a podcast that's been on since 2019. Yes, and I do go out there and do things. So. Yeah. It's all good. Oh yeah. Everybody knows you. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows Matt. <laughs> Not, they all don't like me, but they know me, which is cool. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's all good. Um, so, uh, we got a couple of things to talk about today, uh, with you, um, which was really cool. I think the last time I saw you was in San Diego, um, at your osmosis event, uh, which, you know, Hey, we got, we got coffee mugs. We talk about it. We promote it. We, we do what we need to do on this stuff. San Diego was awesome. And what I love about the Osmosis event, Cynthia, is that is probably the only event these days that I go to that I don't sponsor. Sorry. Uh, but there's a reason I don't sponsor because I don't want to be at a table. I want to be in the classroom learning about this stuff. And it's stuff, honestly, I don't do, but I want to know what's going on in the industry and I want to know who to call, how to get things done. I'll give you an example real quickly. Um, so Buddy Jericho right? He was an amazing speaker. I reached out to Buddy last week. I was like, hey, man, you want to come on the podcast and talk about what's going on in Ukraine? Because I'm sure you're doing something trying to get people out of there. 
And sure enough, he's like, yeah, I'm going to, let's come on. So, oh yeah, we're, we're hammering out the details on that right now to get him back on. So it's like that kind of stuff I think is really awesome. So just having people like that at those events, again, I don't do this stuff, but he's got a DOD background, right? That's, that's not who I am. That's who he is. Right. And um, it was really cool to do that. You know, it's fun. And, and I'm glad you mentioned Buddy because he really does hashtag OSINT for good. Yeah. Um, I didn't know Buddy either until a couple of years ago. And here we are training in the same space. And it kind of goes to show that there's so much opportunity that, you know, two big wheels could be rolling around in the same road and still not bump into each other. Yeah. But since I've met Buddy, he has gone far and beyond showing and exemplifying how much effort he puts in from his DOD experience into this world of training, expertise, critical thinking, and other pieces. And when we're down in Tampa this year, we're in his, we're in his ballpark. So, yep. you know, I called him up and I said, you know, we, we're going to get you involved somehow. And, you know, funny, Matt, you said something, he goes, the one conference I go to and I don't sponsor because I want to be part of it. Right. And, and when I, when I propped this osmosis con up and said, we're going to do this conference, it was so that I could go and hear other people speak. Right. It was very selfish. I wanted to go and learn from the Buddy Jericho's or the Matt Spares. I wanted to learn. And uh, if you never want to, if you ever want to be very involved with the conference, but never want to learn anything, you should host it because you're constantly (laughs) getting pulled into hallways and separate meetings. And, and it is, it's a big networking event. I mean, where we're constantly crossing um, paths and especially there, it's still small and intimate enough where you can really saddle right up next to the true industry leaders like Last year we had Fred Burton as our mm-hmm. keynote. Amazing. Yeah, Absolutely right. Amazing. So, yeah, Fred's and Fred's amazing. awesome. Fred sticks around. You should get him on your podcast, by the way. No, we we did. We did uh, oh. know, leading into uh, you know having all the speakers, and I was just like, I am speaking to somebody that I would have never had the bandwidth to, to get on a, uh, an episode with. There would just be no reason for it. But I was like, wow, I'm so glad I talked to this guy because, and you know, it was great. Like we hung up and we you know, we finished the hit stop, and I spoke to the guy for like another thirty minutes. What a nice guy. It's just a legacy. I mean, truly legacy DSS professional. Now he's really wrapped up in the, um, the uh, risk intelligence, you know, he's the sentry for that. And he's kind of the plank holder in that space and has continued his story, but you know, he's still putting out New York times bestsellers every other month. Yeah. Yeah. But I I agree. I, I think it's, and I, and I don't fault anybody for just wanting to go and learn and experience. And I appreciate that. We try to create that environment osmosis so that, you can kind of just, you know, wander around the halls and learn and listen, but you can also get into the class and, you know, get a serious education. Yeah. And then I got to sit down, I'm having lunch with two people, you know, sitting next to me and they're younger folks, but they're more for major retailer, like heading up there in investigations is like, wow. You know, it's like, I'm the type of person when I'm at one of those events, I'm never just going to shut my mouth. Hey, I'm Matt. How are you? This is what I do. Nice to meet you. Like I'm always, I'm hustling. And these, these poor, you know, not even yet 30 year olds just sitting there kind of eating their, their stuff and doing it. It's like, no, nah, I'm not having that. You're sitting at my table. We're all talking. And and by the time we were done eating, you know, we became friends we switched business cards and, you know, we're working on trying to do some business together, which is pretty neat. I think that the real, the real blessing I've had, and it just, it kind of happened. I mean, just always being accessible to people. And that's my old librarian side of me doesn't yeah. silo anything. I'm always trying to share, but since, you know, I've, I've been around all the retailers and the pharmaceuticals and the industry and the corporations, and especially when I'm talking to private eyes and, you know, it's an ask, it's an ask to ask someone to get on a plane, to get a hotel room, to pay, to go to a conference. You got to put on dress clothes, 
got to get your cards print, you know, but yeah. this is how you do business development. This is how you get out there. And my big tell to my private eyes all the time is not everybody that gets on stage is going to be a match to what you immediately need. Like that guy talking about the dark web might have nothing to do with a surveillance investigator, mm-hmm. but the person sitting next to you is the loss prevention manager for Target. Or sitting across is going to be the global security director for the NFL. Yeah. Or, you know, they're there. They're there as attendees because I've got, you know, I'm like you. My Rolodex is deep. Yeah. It's deep and it's wide. And everybody from that side of the world does come. So the richness for my PIs is in meeting other attendees. And just, you know, it's the free cocktail hour where I make everybody do ridiculous things. So Right, right. Yeah. Cocktail hour is fun. Although I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that bits and bites anymore. I think I've done it twice already. I'm done. <laughs> so, we love you at Bits and Bites. No, no, no. Cat's out of the bag. <laughs> it's time uh, for someone else to pick up the mantle. And that's the way I look at it too. Um, you know, when you're out and speaking, you're doing things. And it's like, you, you got to give opportunities to the younger folks. So another great place at, at Osmosis is you get these speakers that come on, like Paul Raffi, you know, and 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 folks that at AJAB, you know, that, that they're they're newer, like they're, they don't have as much gray hair as I do, but man, they're smart people and they know their stuff. Marielle Klosterman's another one, you know, just fantastic, really great. So I get accused of uh, strolling around the conference with what I was called my Padawans. Yeah. <laughs> um, I make sure I bring in, especially, and today, by the way, and I'm sure we're recording on a day we're not, you know, speaking on, but today's International Day of the Woman. Right. So one of the pitches I really like to get behind is introducing cyber to everybody, but particularly young women sure. so that they know that there's an opportunity out in the investigative world that might not be as physical or rigorous or intense, or that they have to go into the army or the Navy or the police department. You know, there's a big house of intelligence analysts like myself who come from very plain shoes wearing uh, places. And that's why I get a lot of the young women from Dakota State University who are in the cyber program and other places. I mean, they're they're rising stars. These kids can run circles around me on sock puppets and they're, they eat, live and breathe uh, monitoring. They're amazing. And what what I do is, is I purposely teach them how to network. So I'll walk them around with me and I introduce them to those global security directors and it's funny because, you know, I'm generally always interrupting somebody in a very intense conversation. Yeah, maybe right. Matt, maybe you're talking to David. And, and oh, I I'm think like, I did that to you at breakfast one morning when I was leaving. You're like, oh, oh, yeah. get out of here. I can't talk to you. We'll talk later. Oh, yeah. That was a big contract. But you yeah. know what? Frankly, we just closed that last week. So no harm, congrats. no foul. Yeah, congrats. All because I interrupted Thanks. you, of course. Where's my cut? <laughs> well, but, but, you know, if you don't raise your flag, no one's going to yeah. know you're there. So that's what we do. That's what the successful PIs do. They put yeah. their necks out. You know, you're not rude. You're not going to interrupt, but you're going to say, hey, you know, like, I'd love to introduce you to. And especially the young people, they they don't know. You want to put them in front of the, the most ethical and most uh, notable people so that they can gain opportunity because we're, sure. we're not going to be here forever. I have no plan on doing this for the next 20 or 30 years. Yeah. You know, I'm good for another 10, but I'm definitely starting to wind it down. <laughs> the 25th annual osmosis conference. <laughs> Here's the bones of Cindy Etherington. <laughs> on display. When, when Nally sent me, I think it was a 25 year pin. I yeah. fell out of my chair. <laughs> You're like, this sucks. <laughs> Thank like, you. <laughs> like, why are you torturing me? I exactly. feel like I'm the kid in the room, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just wear sneakers. <laughs> wear sneakers with your, uh, with your suit. You're good. Uh, that, that's what I do. That works for me. 
Um, mm -hmm. that, that's amazing. Well, yeah, and there, there are many more things that you're involved in now, and I really want to get into that, but we're going we're gonna to jump out and take a break. And when we come back, I really want to hammer down on um, the, the new things here. Um, and, and I initially was saying osmosis, and then we were going to talk about what you were talking about osmosis, but we'll, we'll tease it for, for after the break. Uh, so everybody sit tight and we'll be right back. You guys have been hearing uh, for a long time about how much I love cross tracks, but now you're going to hear from somebody else. So we got George Gerges here. George is a member and a user of cross tracks. George, tell me real quickly what you love about cross tracks. The simplicity of using it and the ability to customize everything that you could do with cross tracks is awesome. It actually allowed me to take the way that I do my business and implement it into their system. And not only am I able to manage 10 or 15 cases, I'm able to manage 50 to 100 cases with the same effort. Fantastic. So Crosstracks, um, the case management system, they are SOC 2 certified. Basically, that's an encryption, really an upgrade. They're the only ones out there that are doing it. So please support this great sponsor that supports our show. Uh, check them out. The links are in the show notes. Crosstracks, if you're an investigator, you should be using them today. Information Education Consultants is proud to announce that their Certificate of Professional Investigation is now available online at IECOIT.com. If you're interested in learning the investigation profession, what better resource to consult than the mind of the nationally renowned private investigator, Rory McMahon? Rory has compiled 40 years of experience into an online training resource for the benefit of the current and next generation of professional investigators. The site offers CEUs for current licensed professionals and is a recommended stop for our true crime aficionado friends and family. Check it out today at IECOIT.com. That's IECOIT.com. I want to talk to everybody today about ScopeNow.com. ScopeNow has been a big time sponsor of this program for quite some time, and I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers and uh, it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is, is Scope Now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information. I think it's one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts so you have uh, particular people that you're looking at you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagged and goes off it's really uh, really amazing and their relationship and association analytics are uh, top-notch really uh, cutting edge and really really cool when they brought that out on version 3 it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know, having that relationship, you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope Now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. 
if you're a member of Scope now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out and uh, they're, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox, along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that Sweet ScopeNow.com. Are you an investigative professional with an international problem you can't solve? Conflict International has the knowledge and relationships to jump in for you. We compensate investigators for referring cases to our office. Contact us today for details. Conflict International uses insight, intelligence, investigation, risk management, and strategic solutions to solve problems troubling individuals and companies of all kinds, anywhere around the world. Whether you're planning to hire a person to a position of trust, carry out due diligence on a company, trace hidden assets, or require skilled boots on the ground, Conflict International investigators can seamlessly pursue a case across borders, offering a truly global solution. Find out about our extensive range of services at ConflictInternational.com. Conflict International. Global reach. International knowledge. Get a look at the latest issue of PI Magazine, available online or by hard copy. Visit PIMagazine.com to learn more. And welcome back to PI Perspective. This is Matt Sperry, your host. We are uh, coming to you live from New Jersey and New York. <laughs> so we, we got Cynthia Hetherington here. Cynthia, I want to welcome you back to the program. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be speaking to you from Yankee Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's segue into OSINT, shall we? <laughs> We were talking about this project that uh, you essentially were just getting off the ground at the time of osmosis, October last year, and you, you had your first cycle of it. That's the OSIN Academy. So tell me a little bit about that and uh, how that all went down. Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting, and I'm glad to talk about it. Uh, kind of hit from the 50,000-foot view, the government, the NSA specifically, decided that we do not have enough cyber workforce in America to handle the amount of intrusions and issues that we have as a country. So the NSA through its Center of Academic Excellence, which is just the educational institution of the NSA and, and all the groups have them, the FBI has one, the, the um, different investigative general offices have them. But the, uh, the NSA's CAE opened up their coffers and created an opportunity through universities to generate education for workforce. And what that looks like, if you go to cyberskillstowork.org, uh, cyberskillstowork.org, you'll see the 18 different universities and all the different programs they have. Nice. So there's all kinds of training there. Um, you could get artificial intelligence training from IBM and might, that might go through Western Florida. You can go to um, getting network penetration testing, network development, um, building robots. It's everything cyber and all these different universities. And the idea is that and our focus is transitioning military and law enforcement. You get right. these people who come over and they say, like, I need to learn something new. So they pick a school, they, they apply. And if they get in, they get into our program. Now, my program is the OSINT Academy. And if you go to OSINTacademy.com, you could get all the frequently asked questions and details there. The idea is that you join us. 
And for nine weeks, we take you through an actual investigation, an online investigation. So right. my program takes the student uh, OSINT as a verb. So we do OSINT for due diligence. We don't just go out there and stalk people and look stuff up. We actually start from good old, it's very much a PI class. Right. How do you get a letter of engagement? How do you engage with your customer? How do you negotiate what you need? What are they looking for? We created a We Cheat Them and How law firm that they have to communicate with. And then we'd start the case. We break it into pieces that are very doable in a week. These students, which are mostly uh, active duty law enforcement and military, but I do have some PIs in there. You know, I, it's, I'm not biased. I don't say like it can only be these people or those people. Right. And uh, they just, hey, I, you know, business, especially for us, you know, some of our private eyes, when COVID hit, they were no longer doing surveillance. The courthouses were closed. Right. You know, they were looking at kind of, well, unfortunately, they're looking at ruins. So I brought a bunch of them in and said, take this program. You could do what we do. There's plenty of work out there. I have no worries with that. We take them through nine weeks. And by the end of it, they've submitted a final report. And then the fun thing is, Matt, uh, on the last class, it's the, the second to last class, you submit your final report. But you know, and I know, and our listeners know that a client doesn't just get a report and walk away like, here's your invoice. The right. lawyers always come back with some ridiculous question or some final sure. ask or, you know, how did you get to this conclusion? So that's the final step of being a real investigator is being able to stop, look and address the client's needs and then get back. And that's, and that's where they finally get through it. You got to defend your position, right? Yeah. You got to be ready to answer for what you, what your findings are. So in the whole program overall, I just found out from the program leads, you know, the people well above my pay grade who sit there and write the checks. They said in the first year of the program, 800 people signed up, but for the OSIN Academy, we have over 225 registrants just for our program. And I'm absolutely flattered um, because that means like we beat out every other program combined with the number of registrants who are interested in open source intelligence. So we have a real demand and thirst for this knowledge. Right. And, um, and it's doing really well. We went through our inaugural class and completed that about a month ago. And I'm just finishing up. I have about four more weeks with the second class. And that'll be, um, uh, we have pretty much for every class, we have about a 95% success rate. So we're, it's, I did. I thought it'd be a lot harder. It takes a lot of work. There's a lot of lifting here, right. but overall the program runs itself now. Cause it's all self taught. You know, the videos were recorded, the materials up there, the testing system tests itself. I just have to go in there, talk to students and grade them. Right. Cheer them on. Right. You can do it. <laughs> Try harder. <laughs> mm. Well, you know what it is with adult learners, because this isn't, I teach a university of Arizona as well. I teach the same exact class actually. Right. And with students, they, they're very obliging. You know, they always call me professor and they, you know, they try to get their assignments in on time. <laughs> when you have like, oh gosh, I have like, I've got, and I'm going to have a bingo game with this now because <laughs> for every, you know, cop and military person, we're now dealing with delays in classwork coming in because of the Ukraine. Um, one of my detectives had seven homicides since January. We've had drive-bys. One student had a, a car drive to her house. Of course, we have multiple COVID exceptions. People right. are dying. We have suicides, you know, and, but this is my world because I work with the law enforcement and the military community. So none of it surprises me. And they like right. write me these long emails, like, oh my God, the world came crashing in because I'm dealing with this case. And I just like, I don't care. Do you need a class extension? 
okay, just tell me you need a class extension because Matt, you and I both know in the real world investigation, so long as your case is done and it's done properly by the deadline, I don't care if you do it at three o'clock in the morning. If yeah, you, yeah. And even like deadlines, right? So deadlines, there's hard deadlines and there's, you know, I'm almost yeah. done. I, I, I got to pull in a couple more threads. Here's where I'm at. Give me an extension. And, you know, nine times out of 10, they're going to say yes, unless there's some court order thing that's going on, right? Absolutely. And for a sample case where we're really doing a background investigation, um, the typical typical turnaround for almost all private eyes for background screening, especially if companies are that, is 10 to 14 business days, yep. at least within the United States. So we set that up front. You know, I tell them, I'm like, because they don't know, they've never done this. And I say like, okay, normally you would be doing this in 10 to 14 business days, but you get nine weeks to do this. Yeah. So if you can sully that time up between all those pieces, then you'd get that. And the you know, one, one of the interesting things that I'm coming across with training researchers and things that, you know, I have a little bit of training experience, not too much when it comes to this stuff, but getting somebody to understand, like, you know, you may not find what you're looking for and that's okay. You just need to be able to show how you took those steps, like what you did. And just like understanding that, you know, you're not going to find, you know, like, it may not happen, you know, like just follow the, the leads and see what happens, but it's, it may not be the actual answer that the client is looking for. And then understanding that, right? Oh, well, first of all, telling them that they found information that's contrary to what the client wants is hard. Um, biggest challenges with any new investigator is constantly reminding them two factors. One, why? Why am I doing this case? Especially with open source intelligence, because you can hire me to find out, um, I need Cynthia Hetherington's driving history. So you start pulling up my driving history record, maybe you go into the investigator's toolbox and you find the databases that are recommended for driving histories and you find the, the person who's really good at that type of public records and great, you know, and you're on your way and all of a sudden you find a felony record or you find you know, he was uh, kidnapped with his missionary family when he was four, you know, like next right. thing you know, you're six hours into looking at this guy and that wasn't your why. Your yeah. why was driving history because he's a new school bus driver. It's interesting, but when you have to be an efficient investigator, it's not relevant and it's very hard. And I acknowledge that. I say, yeah, sure. We all want to do the, you know, the full story. But I mean, like even law and order gets a case done in an hour right. <laughs> with prosecution. So I always tell them, you know, like what's on the email, what's on the assignment. That's what we're going to focus on. What's what is in front of, what do I need to get done? And, and then we always say like, if you find there's a screaming demand to look at something else, put that in your recommended next steps. Even if it's in an email or phone call, like other concerning issues did start alighting. Do you want us to dig deeper? And the client will make the call because they're the one calling the punches. They're the boss. The second half is the, the rabbit holes. When do I stop looking? Yes. Uh, well, the old investigative adage is, is when you're, you know, doing surveillance in the snow, if you step into your own footprint, you've, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you've kind of gone in the circle, right? Exactly. <laughs> but, but on the flip side, you know, you're done when the budget's done. You have to learn time management. It's a real hardship for a lot of new investigators. They take mm -hmm. hours where I might take an hour. And we're always trying to get them more um, efficient at what they do. So that's the other side of it. But otherwise, there's no end to people want to just go out there and collect information and pull it in off the internet all day long. They love it. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, that was a theme at, at Osmosis was, and, and I feel like in general, it's kind of been a theme in the industry, is really focusing on methodology. 
and less on the shiny new tool, but more on, you know, like the back end of how, how to do certain things, right. Not, not use this or use that. It's like, make sure you're following these steps. Uh, it seems to be like a lot, the conference last year, there was a lot of that going on, um, which I think is great because the tools are always changing. Right. The, the, you can always tell the conference is always going to reflect what's like foremost in my brain when I'm picking yeah. my speakers, but um, <laughs> we got, and, and this is really key. So what I've noticed over the eight years that we've been hosting osmosis and working in the industry for longer is that the tools are always changing, but methodology and critical thinking doesn't. Right. So a, a bunch of us like buddy Jericho and myself and other speakers and having side conversations with you, we all recognize the fact that, Good investigators can do the job without the tools. Yep. Great investigators are so good they can afford the tools. And the not so great investigators only use the tools. Yep. And we call them button pushers. Yep. So the Osmosis Academy, excuse me, the OSINT Academy, all of your investigations, you have no access to anything. You're doing everything through Google searches and specialized databases that allow you to uh, learn where the tools grab the data from. So I take them down to the source level for the OSINT Academy. And my real investigators, like I have real detectives from police departments, like, oh, couldn't I just use TLO? And I'm like, oh, absolutely not. First of all, we have no actual permissible purpose to use it. Right. You're, it's also considered cheating in the class. <laughs> like I know if you're pulling good vehicle records, you've used a public records resource, right. you know, like our TLOs and our IDIs and, and all <laughs> them. But other than that, you know, we need to know how to do this um, blind, frankly. And yeah. I mean, I take it one step further. What if you didn't have Google? Yeah. Half the investigators would fall off the planet. Yeah. I mean, what, there, were, you, there was a class, uh, uh, how do you do research only using the library, right? Oh, I love that. That was it my was a favorite great class. Yeah, that was so good. I was uh, tingling the whole time they were talking. I, yeah. I absolutely, because I remember, you know, that's how I got pulled into being an investigator is that private investigators would come to the library and use our resources. Right. And I thought you guys were having way more fun than I was as a public librarian. So here I am. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was really, that was a cool class. Um, oh yeah. Jen Makovich was that. Jen, that yeah. Was and and um, was Alex, or I think his name was, or Keith, Keith, Keith something. Keith Hunter, Keith Hunter? No, Keith Hunter's nope. another couple. Nope. Keith, there's a Keith. Yeah, yeah. All right, shame, shame on us. <laughs> too many names. <laughs> well, you did say I was old earlier, so I yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But it, it was it was awesome. The content was great um, on that. So let's talk about the the Open Source Institute because that's that's another thing that we got going on here. There's um there's a lot of moving a lot of action moving so. Open source intelligence isn't going anywhere fast, except in multiple different directions. And multiple authorities are starting to come in and claim, you know, that they're going to put their flag in there and they're going to be the OSINT authority. As any industry grows, you do need to have a, a formalized advisory board that could say, you know, this truly is or this isn't what we want to accept. And that helps us regulate our own industry and understand where our boundaries are because open source intelligence is still a wild west. We're still out there capturing data off the internet or through other means of open source, qualifying it and bringing it into court. Right. And, you know, there's lots of ways to skin a cat, but certainly that cat has to be presentable, legally obtained and, you know, ethically sourced before you bring it in there. So the, the, 
conference itself, the people who've been attending Osmosis for many years now have been asking me to create an association where we can create that authority, whether you become a member or you're part of the advisory board, you have something to say, every voice will be listened to. And then at the same time, we also want a place where we can work together. I mean, there's plenty of online researchers that don't sit in cars. We don't do surveillance. We don't run to courthouses. Uh, we wouldn't know how to do an accident reconstruction, even if we were in it. Right. <laughs> like, like that's me. I, I always joke, I'm not a real investigator, even though I've owned a company for 25 years in this space, because everything I do is in open source. So we've propped up the Open Source Institute. It'll be an association for members that are really looking to grow their skill set, find all sorts of opportunity for training, education, and learning to like, it's like the conference outside of the conference. So we'll continually network and share. And what I'm really excited to share with you is that everybody, everybody that attends, (laughs) Doug's in the house are excited. There we go. Doug's very excited. Well, but everybody that attends the conference this year will get grandfathered into the association for the first year. Oh, that's great. So for the, for the rate of coming to the conference, getting, you know, two and a half days of great training, all the networking, the opportunities, the, the bits and bytes, you're also going to be automatically enrolled in the OS Institute so that we can start a foundation of real learners. Because I find that the people that come to Osmosis are the really serious open source intelligence searchers. They're very, very progressive about moving forward in their tradecraft. They want to know what the latest tricks and tips are. Um, you know, we're, we're far past Google dorking and learning, you know, how to get around Facebook graph searching. We're now doing financial OSINT. You know, how does, how does an OSINT investigator, how does someone like Buddy figure out in the DOD space how to understand what the oligarchs are doing to Ukraine and how we can affect them? He's not sitting there doing Google dorks. He's looking at financial asset movement, troop movement, and and that's where we're going to bring in someone from that spectrum into the group. We're going to ask, um, you know, professionals like yourself from the private eye industry and the investigators toolbox with enormous amounts of content information and industry know-how to bring in your perspective. And we're going to bring us all into the same room and we're going to make this our own. And I'm very excited to, to host it. And what I always like to say is, I have pride in this institution, but I have no ego. I'm willing to set the landscape and invite everyone and make the make the party happen. But then it's going to be everyone else is going to be contributing and making this a success. So that's what I'm real, you know, really pumped up. And you'll see more announcements coming out. We literally are in the the baby stages right now, creating the foundation, getting registered, doing all the proper protocols to become an institution. But I expect, Matt, when we talk again, you know, in a year or so, that this will be a pretty strong association because, I mean, it's been in the years for like eight years now. It's been in the making. So I expect that we'll see a lot of people there quickly. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I mean, just seeing the, excuse me, the start of it or the discussion when we were out in San Diego, you know, getting together and and having lunch, a whole bunch of people. I I remember I'm sitting in that room going, how did I get here? <laughs> like, why am I here? You know, <laughs> like I see all these people. I'm like, wow, this is pretty amazing. <laughs> and it, that's the crazy thing is, you know, we had a little lunch and it just kind of get a feel for it. Like we sat around, it was like 40 of us. And, um, and there were a lot of voices that were brought in that, but they weren't present. I mean, 
who else is involved in creating an OSINT platform? Director of National Intelligence, Department of Defense, sure. um, Homeland Security, foreign um, cooperative groups. You know, we have Australia. You know, we have the UK. Uh, there's this is gonna this is gonna grow up very quickly. And it's funny because you know, like, who do you want to start this group? And they're like, we do, we do. You know, like we had like a little rah rah session, and then yeah. they said, okay, so you go build it, and we'll show up. So. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's what always happens, right? Well, you did that with the investigators toolbox for years. Yeah. People are like, Matt, you got all this great information, put it in one place. And, you know, voila, there we go. We have this amazing resource we can all tap into to find, yeah. you know, answers to investigations that we don't do. Like, again, yeah. surveillance. <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of those ideas were born out of osmosis. You know, I'm not going to lie. I think uh, out in the, the Las Vegas edition oh, is probably, probably where it was born. Yeah. Uh, or at least the genesis of it. The gen- we, we still need the cocktail mixing hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always miss that though, with, with, uh, doing the bits and bites, right. You know, like by the time I'm done, all the food is gone, <laughs> all the drinks are shut down and I'm just like, Hey, <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, the networking is strong at that one. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. And, um, yeah, I've met people that, that have been guests on, on this show from there. Uh, and I've met people I've actually done business with, which is, which is really cool. Um, and then, you know, who doesn't love when the, when the guys from scope now show up, <laughs> Rob Douglas is a, is an uh, animal. He's, he's really great. So, so, uh, so there's certain consistent vendors that we do see at the conference every year. And I think we'd be lost without them. And it's, you know, of course I love their dollars, but it's not about their dollars. It's like, Hey, are you guys going to set up the after party? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, where's everyone going after this? And they are phenomenal. I was just talking about scope now to a potential client. I said, you know, he's a one man band operation and he's trying to get a lot done in a large institution with multiple locations. And I'm like, you probably should look at scope now because they, you know, they have the push button technology that allows you to kind of grab a big, you know, archive of information quickly. And then, you know, He's like, oh, I never heard of them. And, I, you know, that's the, the reason I love going to conferences. It lets me bring all the vendors that I use into one house. And I sure. get to just kind of have a like, what are you up to? Like, and here's a conference tip for all my PIs, all my, all my friends. You go to a conference, do spend time in the, in the booths area and find out what have you invented in the last five months? What's coming out in the next year? Right. And all the sales reps, they want to talk about that stuff. You don't want to go there and just run free searches against stuff you already know. Yeah. You want to see what's coming out. And that puts you ahead of all the other investigators that have no idea of what's coming. Yeah. To me, it's always about R&D, you know, which is, you know, I, I've known Rob Douglas since 2016. And, you know, we're both New York City guys. And, mm-hmm. man, there were quite a few lunches Rob and I had where he was like, so you've used my product a little bit. Like, tell me how I can make it better. You know, what would you like to see? Would it be cool if we could do this? How about this idea? Doesn't that, you know? All right. So Rob bought me lunch, but I gave him a lot of knowledge too. You know, like uh, we definitely going back and forth and I love the guy and I love to see what he's done with that business and how it's become, you know, it, it used to be a competitor, the TLO or IRB or one of these, and, and then it, it just made a total right-hand turn. And it's like, nope, he's a completely different animal now. And uh, it, it's such a great tool to use um, when you're doing research for sure. Well, they came out, I remember at the very first osmosis conference, I think we were the second conference they ever went to. And, you know, it was two guys in a little booth and Rob didn't take his hat off the whole time. And <laughs> he was he's like a traditional programmer. He's kind of grumpy and, yeah, yeah. you know, but he's really smart. And I, I totally fly to those guys. I, I just know them. I, I, I've grown up in that environment. And um, 
And the very first year, the tool was good. And it, yeah. it's because of people like me and you that kept saying, add this, do this, do yeah. that. He's a developer. He's not a PI. So, so, but he listened and he did. He added in all those bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. So the, the R&D factor of just osmosis and what I'm hoping OS Institute creates is, you know, not that we share each other's secrets and we talk about what's the secret sauce to making our tools and products better. But frankly, Matt, you and I are both end users. We need these tools to be effective so that we can do our jobs more effectively for our clients. So feedback to our vendors is vitally important. And if it's, you know, it's kind of like your podcast. If, if I didn't get any value out of them, I wouldn't listen to them, but I like thoroughly enjoy listening to like take my little walk and I plug in my earbuds and, you know, and I, it, it allows me frankly to get into the mindset of some of your other guests. So I think, Oh, do I want to invite him to be a conference? attendee, a speaker, you know, do I, uh, do I call them up and solicit them for work or do I, do I monitor them as a competitor? You know, yeah. it's, it's really great. good. It's great. It's, but it is, you don't get any of that. If you don't ask questions, you don't raise your hand, you don't show up. Or like we said earlier, you don't interrupt somebody when you look like they're in an intense conversation say, Hey, I'm over here. When you get a minute, let's talk. <laughs> right. 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 You know, like I, I think coming full circle for me, for the show, when we started doing the, um, uh, I guess the quick hits with, with osmosis, with the speakers and all that. I think the first go around on it, you're like, yeah, I'm, this is great. I'm all in, I'm, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't podcast. Like I don't do it. Right. It's just not me. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, it's like, you're like, I'm real close to work. You're like, you like, know, my driving, like, I don't have drive time. Like, don't be insulted. I just don't listen to them. I was like, no, I'm not offended. It's cool. Don't worry about it. And you actually listen to it. And I started getting these, these text messages from you. Like, oh, I just listened to this episode. This was great. And keep up the good work. Like, this was amazing. You know, and after like the third or fourth, you're like, I'm hooked. I'm like, good. I'm like, yes. I fell in love with it. <laughs> yeah. I fell in love with, I actually didn't fall in love with all podcasts. I still don't listen to them, but I listen to yours. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's all I care about. <laughs> but, but the truth of it is, it's because um, when you're running a conference every year, you, you live and die by the people you put on the stage. So if I get some real fall downs and there's one every year, like, oh, you know, yeah. we kind of have an internal joke, know. like who never know who was the Oz man this year, yeah. you know? And it was like, yeah, yeah. some people like it just didn't click or, you know, the content wasn't coming across or, you know, it could be a million reasons. But when I listen to our, our quick clicks beforehand, it, you really get into their heads. They all have to be like wonderful and self-effacing to me. But when they talk to you, they talk. Yeah. And I love to listen to what their favorite hobby sports and interests are because it gives me a sense to really connect with them before the conference so that they succeed at the conference. Yeah, of course. And that's really where a lot of the strength is. And one year our speaker gifts were based completely on what their hobby was. Yeah. I said, Justin up um, a musical instrument. I mm-hmm. had uh, cause he was really into DJing. Yeah. Uh, we sent out binoculars to someone who liked to go hiking. There was a fishing pole that went out to our one guy who was really into fishing, uh, you know, oh, um, Micah Hoffman, who's brilliant, right? He's oh, over at Sands. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I sent him a hard hat because he his <laughs> his handle was web crawler because he goes through not just web crawling, but when he goes hiking with his kids, he's the one who breaks the spider webs. So I yeah. sent him a hard hat with this little web crawler logo on it. And it's just, yeah. you know, if you get invited to enough speaker gigs, you got plenty of plaques on your wall. You got the clock. You got yeah. the clock 10 times over. You got the little sure. glass flame. Yep. But when someone sends you something that you actually like connect with. Sure. That's, that's people. That's the people business. That's not the, 
anything else, you know, it's just the connection. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's good stuff. And, and sometimes you throw them for a loop too. You know, <laughs> I remember like there, there was, I was trying to, to tie in Loki was like, this year was very popular, right. And the variants and all that, like the Marvel thing. I remember having like a couple of conversations, like, okay, we're going to talk about this. They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what Loki is or variants and all that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> if you weren't somebody or that, that you were like, who would you be? All right. <laughs> it's real simple. Right. Uh, um, so that, oh, that you can throw out. people with that. That's a tough yeah. question. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll totally admit, I mentioned the Yankees earlier. I was kidding, but well, I wasn't kidding, but, um, Michael Kay is a famous sports announcer. He came from WNEW and then he rolled into, or WNYC. So, um, so real quickly, our producer who produces this show used to work with uh, Michael Kay. Oh, you see, you see yeah, what I mean? Sylvia, yeah. Oh, yeah, I sorry, love it. Michael, well, Michael K. K runs a runs a popular show. Uh, it's a TV show because you know he's Michael K. It's called mm -hmm. Center Stage, and he asks anybody and everybody, sports people, celebrities, politicians. He asks them all the questions he's going to ask them. And his last question was always, "Who would you have in a foxhole with you?" Right. And I find that's like the one thing I always listen to because he always like like who would Yogi Berra pull in the foxhole with him, and you know who would the president of a company pull into the foxhole with them? It's, it's very telling. So when I ask people, if they're you, you know, like, what would you do if you weren't doing this? Like, I remember our one guy, he was working over at Babel at the time, but he was retired secret service and the prototype manly man kind of view of, I guess my old version of it, but uh, he would be writing show tunes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> He's like, I, I love show tunes. I love, I love Broadway. I would be writing show tunes. So I sent him a book about how to write music. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Live the dream, buddy. <laughs> it was great though. And his I mean, awesome career was funny. ruined. He <laughs> <It> was done. <laughs> but, but but out of business. <laughs> it's like, I think podcasting is brilliant just for the fact that, uh, like I did a podcast just recently with Mike Howard. He's the former CSO from Microsoft. In the corporate security world, you can't get higher up on the food chain than being the corporate security director for a multinational company that's responsible for everybody's software. Mm -hmm. And Mike has this long history of CIA, police officer in Oakland PD, and, and Microsoft. But he wrote a book called Ronin Leadership, which I thought mm -hmm. was really good. It's it's a simple, straightforward read, but it's I've, just- I've heard of it, yeah. It's, it's yeah, best practices. And I wrote him on LinkedIn, which by the way, my PI friends, please use LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn's definitely- awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's I, I get business out of it. Oh, I get employees out of it. They're they're like no, seriously, their tool for hiring right now is fantastic. I really like their LinkedIn. They figured, and by the way, it's a Microsoft product, right? <laughs> but sure enough, I, I wrote Mike. I met him at an ISMA conference a long time ago, but I'm a little consultant vendor in his world. You know, I'm like a gnat in his big specter. Right. And, but I I mentioned the book. I said, you know what? I grabbed a hold of your book. I thought it was really good. Thank you very much. And he immediately asked me to be on his podcast. And now I'm like podcasting with Mike Howard. And we laughed the entire time. And what I realized when I walked away is I said, I'm frankly just as important as he is. I have impact on what my clients need just as much as he did. I am just as relatable and I can open doors for people, young people especially, just like he did. And he identified it. I didn't discover it as he's calling me out on. It. And I said, you know, it's, it's a really common divide, a common denominator when you, when you only have your audio to come across and reach people is that you have an opportunity to really raise people up and share your story and create, maybe, maybe you're not creating the opportunity, but you're creating an idea where that other investigator will make their own opportunity. That's great. 
it's all good stuff but we're going to wind down here um and uh, i appreciate you coming on it was good catching up uh i can't wait to to talk to you next year when uh, <laughs> when you've hit, taken the next step with the uh with the, the institute and the academy and seeing all that stuff i'm actually going to see you uh in in, in uh, about two weeks we're going to be uh the time we're recording this will be about two weeks we're going to be at the Italnet conference um and then i'll definitely catch you in tampa because i'm there every year uh, yeah my clockwork so we always look forward to having you there and i'm yeah. very much looking forward to meeting my family members of intelnet talk about the ogs yeah. <laughs> Definitely the right. OGs. Yep. that's a that's a land of legacy investigators there so we'll uh we'll definitely reconnect and matt thanks for thanks for inviting me back i always, yeah, always. love talking to you and to your audience yeah oh thank you so much um it, listen you guys are crappy investigators if you can't find cynthia hetherington so we're not even going to ask her for contact info you've got your homework go, go get it done uh, thank you everyone for tuning in we'll catch everybody next week on the next show what a great replay thanks as always to cynthia and for all she does for the osint community we also want to say a special thank you to cross tracks investigator education consultants and conflict international for sponsoring the show so please support these great supporters. And have you thought about joining Investigators Toolbox? Now's the time to get on board and join the fastest growing digital community for investigative professionals. And it just so happens that if you do join Investigators Toolbox, you're kind of guaranteeing more of these free episodes from Matt. Because after all, that's what supports this podcast. Sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. Use code GOODBYE22 and save 25%. And if you happen to have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. And you can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. Yes, we do take suggestions. And we'll be back next week with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there. Happy holidays. <laughs>